Welcome to Between the Stacks, a podcast presented by the Athens-Limestone County Public Library. Each episode brings you into the library to meet our collection of people making an impact on the community of Athens and Limestone County, Alabama. Good afternoon. Welcome to Between the Stacks at the Athens-Limestone County Public Library. My name is Melinda Jones and I'm the Adult Outreach Program Coordinator and I always have the pleasure of bringing new and local authors to the library. Probably one of the most exciting parts of my job is that I get to meet all of these wonderful authors that that have just come out with books or have had books out for a while and maybe I'm just learning about them. And so today with me I have Yolanda Turner and she is going to share her story of her book And she does have a new children's book out that she's also going to share some information with us. Melinda, thank you for allowing me to be part of the podcast Between the Stacks. I am so excited and so honored. Yes, I am an author, and I just completed my first children's book, My Two Brothers and Me, about three sibling brothers who play together and also pray together. Um, I also have a book out called Morning Glory Devotional, and it's a 52-week devotional with um, lots of um, Bible study, um, praise and worship section, and it's little narratives of my story about my abuse and many other things, which is what I like to talk about today, my journey um, about domestic violence. Um, All of us have a story All of us are survivors, but the thing, are we overcomers? We all have a story that we can share with someone, but what's important about that story and being a survivor is to be able to overcome the negative things that attach itself to the abuse that is so hurtful. Um, I was 19 years old when I was involved in domestic violence with my then-husband, a newlywed, Melinda, for only three months. My husband, um, out of nowhere, suddenly became very aggressive towards me um, with words and um, hitting. I decided to walk away from it and give him a moment to clear his head so we can talk about it. So when I did get back in front of him to speak on his aggressive behavior, it started right back up. And I screamed out, and I called him out of his name. And in doing that, that caused him to be even more so angry. And he uh, then announced to me that if I didn't apologize, he was going to hurt me badly. And I did not believe that. So I, I refused to apologize. And at that point, he grabbed a bottle of my perfume and a lighter, and he dosed the perfume on me and lit the match before I can apologize. I received second and third degree burns to my upper and lower body. Um, Of course, (laughs) I survived, thank you God. And um, that journey started from that point on. Um, I stayed with him, um, afraid to go and afraid to leave. And I wanted my marriage to work even with that horrific abuse. And, uh, of course, he made a sworn statement to me that nothing like that would ever happen again. I believed it. 
um, now that I am at the age that I am and I have the understanding that I do have an understanding, um, that wasn't true. And um, so I continue to move on in this marriage with this man. And it did not get better. So um, after more years of abuse, I finally had the courage to leave. And that's when my journey began of healing, of surrendering all the hurts and all the negativity. During that 30-year journey, I hid myself behind layers of clothing because I wanted to hide the scars, the visible scars that were on the outside but also on the inside. And how I masked those scars that were on the inside is I had busy hands. I was always volunteering for something. I was always in the community, in the church. I grew up in church, so I knew God's word. But I didn't believe God's words for me, that I was beautiful, that I was valuable, and that God loved me. And as a matter of fact, Melinda, I was angry. So I continued to move for many years, hidden behind layers of clothing. But I desperately wanted that love of God. I desperately wanted that joy that I was able to speak to others about. I wanted it for myself. And so God, in his love, in his wooing um, pursuit of me, chasing me, as if a man would be chasing a woman, God wanted me to know that he loved me. So I found myself in a place where I couldn't volunteer. I was not my own distraction anymore. And I was able to surrender all my pain, all my anger, all the unforgiveness to God. And God was able to begin to open me up to see how valuable and how loved I am. Because at that time, it was necessary for me to receive that healing. Because to receive that healing is to be here today. And so I want to, God wanted, and I want to, and it's important that I speak on God's wonderful work and His love from a place of victory and not from being a victim. God loved on me. He let me know that I am fearfully and wonderfully made and that nobody deserves to be abused. And it's not okay. And I want all the listeners to understand this. If you are dealing with abuse or been in it or grew up in it, it's not your fault. Release yourself. Allow yourself to surrender all that pain and hurt so you can move forward in the life that God has called you to be. Wow, what an amazing story. So during this time, did your husband allow you to work or were you just volunteering? Well, um, with my then husband that did the abuse, um, I didn't work. Um, Once I left him and um, I was a single parent because I did have two children out of that marriage, Um, I became busy hands as a single mother. And at that time, I didn't realize that those busy hands was my escape from the pain. So I volunteered in the church, in my children's school, and I I did good. I even got volunteer of the year. (laughs) But but my point is that um, I used that as a distraction. And um, God wanted my full undivided attention because he wanted to love on me. 
Mm-hmm. What about your children? Was he abusive toward their children? Was it just was his anger just towards you? The anger was towards me only. And um, when I divorced him, they were still very young. Yes. So they had they had no idea. No, ma'am. No idea whatsoever. Praise God. Now I have shared it with them. They are now adult women, and they are fully aware of everything. So I have shared that with them as well. So I've always read that that's one of the biggest things to take away is when they say they won't do it again, it won't happen again, never take that for granted because they will do it again. Most times, yes. Now, I'm not trying to... um be against those who do say I'm sorry, and, and, and they do not do it again. But there's there's measures there, and there may be counseling there. And it's not just something you can just wake up and say, I'm not going to do this again. That's what my belief is. Is it possible? Absolutely possible. Just like it's possible for those who are being abused to forgive. Some people say, how is that possible? It's very possible because it's important that you forgive because it releases you to move forward in life with the freedom that God has intended for you without that anger and that baggage. So it's important that you forgive for you and for that abuser. It doesn't mean you have to be best friend with them. That don't mean you have to hang out with them. You forgive and you move forward. Exactly. So in your devotion book, you just share little nuggets of your story and what happened. And some of those devotions may have some of your story in there and others may not. Is that right? Correct. There's many stories about me being a single mother, uh, stories about um, my my work, and stories about having to rob Peter to pay Paul to keep the bills paid and the lights on, and even stories about my little girls. But all the stories always come back to seeking God for guidance. And there are some stories where I had to go around the bush um, the mulberry bush a couple of times, <laughs> but um, it always came back to the Word of God. And then there's a workbook that goes along with your devotion book. Is that right? That's right. It's it's a companion journal, okay. and um, each week has several pages for writing your insights and the promptings that you may receive as you read the Word. And um, it's a beautiful book, a beautiful morning glory flower on it. Yes, I've seen copies of the book, and I I can't wait to get my hands on a copy to actually read it. Thank you. Yes, I'm very excited to do that. Thank you. Very excited. All right, so walk us through this process. Did you self-publish your books? Do you have a publisher? How is is that working for you? I self-publish at the moment. I would like to experience having a publisher eventually. Most people that I've talked with just have shared with me how hard it is to find a publisher and then that it's so hard to let go. You have to let go of some of that power because the publisher, you know, wants you to change things and do things. Absolutely. And I find that the majority of our local authors, they are self-published. Yes, I just like the freedom of that. Again, um, you may want to change the price. You may want to do bundling if you have more than one book. 
um, you may want to change and update or revise it. So when you're your self-publisher, you have that freedom. You have that freedom. Yes. And a lot of people, a lot of local writers have shared with me that they find the easiest task is writing the book. It's marketing the book that is hard for them. How do, how do you feel about that? I agree 100%. Um, what gets out there is based on what you do. Word of mouth, um, book signings, um, going to local stores, local bookstores, your church family, your family members. So that is a group effort. That is a community effort. And that's why I so appreciate you, Melinda. And between the stacks and opportunities like this where authors can highlight their books and just give encouragement to those who are thinking about writing that first book. So, yes, we need the community to be successful. Well, thank you. Thanks for sharing that with us. And I hope that you will share with your local author friends that we love to do podcasts with local authors and give them the opportunity to talk about their books. It's really a good win-win situation for everybody. I agree. All right. So tell me what you feel about this statement. I always ask people this. Writers are born, not made. (laughs) Well, Melinda, I believe that Every person has at least one book inside of him or her because we all have a story. I agree with you. I will tell you, though, from a personal standpoint, it scares me to write. I think I love the whole idea of selling the book and talking about the book. The scary part for me would be writing the book. I don't know. I feel like I'd be so afraid. Would anybody read my story? (laughs) Well, first you have to determine what type of writer you want to be, um, fictional, non-fictional. And then you have to be willing to be able to open yourself up. And how much do you want to open yourself up? I choose to be totally transparent with the things I have gone through my journey in life with the different ups and downs and adversities. And so I wanted to share those things from A to Z because I feel like those who have overcome victoriously, now they can go back and share it with someone else and say, hey, I'm not no special person. You can overcome too. You can be victorious too. And so how nice would it be to be able to pick up a book and look at it and hear the things that you have gone through, that someone else has gone through, that possibly you can apply to your life to help give you guidance and hope. Yes. So tell us a little bit, what are you working on next? What's in the What's in the future? Well, right now, like I said, I just completed my first children's book. My heart desire is that this is going to be many books. So um, I'm just going to sit back and just relax and enjoy this book getting out there and, and, and getting the comments of um, all my readers. And there have been some very positive feedback. And it's so fun and brightful. It is very colorful. I have a copy and it is in my to-read stack. So you do plan on hopefully writing more children's books and keeping the series going. Yes, I do. And for those who would like to reach out to me, you can reach me on my website, which is ytbookshelf.com. Now, are your books for sale anywhere in Athens? Do you have them anywhere locally? Yes, at the CEI bookstore here in Athens. Okay. 
And great. it's also available on Amazon, Amazon and also on my website. Okay, great. Well, we appreciate you coming in today and sharing your story with us. Thank you so much. It's been such a delight to get to meet you. And I look forward to many more times that we can be together to talk about your books. Thank you, Melinda, for having me. And thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak to everyone on this very delicate but important topic. I know we have um, a month that's dedicated to domestic abuse month, but it's, it's an awareness that we should be aware of daily. Uh, it may be um, your sister or your mother or your auntie or your cousin or even your uncle that's involved in some type of um, domestic abuse. Check on them. Check on your strongest friends. Check on them. And I pray that if you are involved in any type of domestic violence, you are able to find safe passage out. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And also, Yolanda has been so kind to donate some of her books. So in a few weeks, we will have those book cataloged and they will be out on the shelves and ready for our readers to check out. Thank you so much to tuning in today for Between the Stacks and um, welcoming Yolanda Turner to our library. We appreciate you listening to us. Thanks. Have a nice afternoon. Thank you. You've been listening to Between the Stacks, a podcast from the Athens-Limestone County Public Library. To hear other recordings from our Library Voices podcast series, check out our website at alcpl.org. Library Voices is also now available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.